0: somebody's got anything else you feel free you mind the Lord and I gotta lay something up here I'll forget it I've been aiming to do this two or three times but anyway um, I have been in church services where at the last minute somebody will get up and, and testify or sing a song if it's of the Lord and the preacher ended up not preaching then God have his way so that's what we want we want God to have his way Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Um, I have quite a few passages of Scripture that I would call my favorite passages of Scripture. I have a few that I hold on to, and these these two verses right here in Hebrews chapter 12 are two of those. I still hear a few pages turning, so I'll give you just a minute to get there. But Hebrews chapter 12, Now, as you know, I've been preaching on faith for a few weeks now, and this will probably be the last one for a while unless God challenges me different. There's still a couple more I'd like to preach, but um, I just feel like maybe we need a break. I don't know yet. Um, It's one of those subjects, and there's some subjects in the Bible, all the Bible if that matter, but there's a few doctrinal subjects, if you will, that I believe you could preach from now on and never exhausted and I think faith is one of those prayer is one uh, things where we live Uh, so Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 everybody there how many can quote it did I see a hand go up or was you fixing your hair you're on the right track let's read it together Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Here it is, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Keep reading. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again that, Lord, this church may be small. God, we may be a little bit of a mixed mash kind of group, but, God, we sure love you, and we sure love each other, and we thank you for this little church. God, I pray that this evening, Lord, that everyone hearing the sound of my voice realizes that God, we are as important to you as any church in this world right now. That God, there's no one church more important than the other. That God, every one of us as your children matter as much as the next one. No matter how minor, no matter how minuscule they might think they are or feel, God, will you love every one of us just the same. And Lord, I pray that you guide my tongue This evening, Holy Spirit, that you guide my thoughts and my words. You anoint me from on high, Lord. You give me the very words that are needed. God, I need you to take over and guide me in this. You know that, Lord, it seems like I have such a hard time getting down on paper, Lord, what you've shown me in my mind and in my heart, and God trying to put it all together. Lord, this evening, I need you to, to move, God, in this church. And you touch hearts, God, as you see fit. Lord, thank you for what we've heard in our ears, what we've felt in our hearts, for all your blessings and all you've done. In Lord Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Now, here in this passage, as, as you all know, I think most of you here to you know, that chapter 11 is what my Bible calls the roll call of the heroes of faith, or the hall of faith, is oftentimes what it is called. Uh, every, uh, just about every kind of, of sport and even some other uh, avenues in life will have what they call the Hall of Fame. And it takes an extra effort. It takes an extra uh, person, somebody who who is above and beyond to get that. We have different uh, medals that uh, the military soldiers win in combat a lot of times. Uh, sometimes they'll win them just in their training. Sometimes they can be awarded for certain things because of Achieving a certain status, believe it or not, uh, we have a member of this church uh, who went through air assault school and finished, I think, first or second in his class, which is extremely exemplary. And that is Brother Jimmy Weddington. Believe it or not, uh, that is a very great honor that not a lot of soldiers get. Uh, he's not here, so I'm going to brag on him. How dare <laughs> me do that when he's here? But um, but we have um, we have these opportunities in our Christian life to do the same thing. Now, we always, as Christians, will always say, and we talk about looking unto Jesus. And we've been talking about that this evening, but do we really do that? Uh, I'm not going to mention too many names here, but I'm just going to say some of you in your testimonies, you talked about how you struggle with things at home, whatever it may be. Um, And let me say this, uh, everybody in this life once or feels like they need a break sometimes. My break may not be the one you need, but we all feel like, Lord, I just need a break. Can you please take some of this off of me just for a little bit? And God says, you know what? My grace is sure sufficient. Um, uh, but we, we talk about looking into Jesus, but do we really apply that I've been reading a book for a while now, I'm about a, almost a third of the way through it, maybe almost halfway on uh, on faith, and hence the reason I've been preaching on it too. And I kind of laid it down for a little bit, I've been reading another one, I'm uh, about halfway through it, going through it pretty quick, thank God, because I'm enjoying it and it's helping me uh, on our mind, on strongholds in our mind, and the name of the book is Rewired. We need to rewire some of our thinking sometimes the way we think, uh, but... Let me give you a little illustration here to open this up, and I'm going to try to get into this. I'm going to kind of take my time here just for a minute. I'm going to read some scriptures, and I need you to focus with me here just for a few moments. Now, in the military, as I've already mentioned this, anytime anyone wants to get in what we call special forces, which realistically there's only one special forces, and that's the Green Berets. The rest of them are Uh, got their own title but we kind of America kind of uses the term special forces for anyone that we consider an elite fighting force in any branch and all of them's got them Uh, but in order to do that they must pass a grueling test of endurance that few people can do Uh, most people can do it physically but mentally is where they break down they can't do it mentally And to to be a Green Beret, the training for that is 63 weeks. And friend, let me tell you, you're not taking very many naps in those 63 weeks either. You are going to earn it if you're going to wear that Green Beret. So what in the world would someone go through, I mean grueling, I mean absolute physical torment to get to that? Because they see a reward at the end end of it that motivates them That says I want that there's a badge there's a patch there's a hat all that goes together they say I want to be recognized as that the Navy SEALs have what they call hell week because they say that's what it is they, most of the time you're, you're basically right at the borderline of hypothermia it's absolute torment and the reason for this is they weed out the ones who is was who is not mentally strong enough because you get in the heat of the battle, you can't just say, man, I'm too tired, I can't take this, I'm going home. Right, right. It doesn't work that way. Right. When you become saved and Satan gets on you, you can't just call time out, I'm going home. Because right, right. he's not. Right. The instructors... Uh, people that has went through this training. They've passed it. They've, they've proved themselves. They're the ones given the training and the testing of the new cadets to see if they're capable of passing what it takes to wear that patch, that hat, that badge, whatever might all may come with it. And they stand back and they watch each one to see how they're doing and they start weeding them out. Most of the time they weed themselves out. Rarely does the instructor have to expel them. Most Most of them take care of it themselves. Now, this is going to tie in. Don't worry. We're going to make sense here in a minute. I believe sometimes God does that with his saints. I think God wants to bless you and I so much. I know he does. But he has to prove us and get us to a state where we can trust him in order to do that because if we don't, when the battle gets hot when, the, when, the, when the, the distress comes, when the anxiety comes, when Satan really kicks it up, we got to be able to know that we can endure the test and not back down and not quit in the middle of the battle. The Bible says, shall a man not consider a house before he starts to build it. And make sure he's got everything ready to build it. Friend, when God tells you to do something, you might want to take account of where you're at and make sure you're ready to take on that battle. But if God told you to do it, he's going to give you what you need to get through that battle. You just have to trust him fully. And not yourself. The Bible here is showing us these examples of others who has went through some absolute grueling, enduring trials and and troubles and they went through and they said hey we did it, we made it through we done it, so can you we did it, God gave us what we need and he'll do the same for you and that is why it says we have a great cloud of witnesses who come passed about with so great cloud of witnesses it's people it's went on, they've made it through the trial, they've made it through the testing, they said we come out the other side and we're victors and God has given us the victory and he gave what we need to do it the problem is, so many Christians don't even step up to the training. <laughs> most, almost all the special forces that you want to go through, some kind of training to be something in the military, most of the time it's voluntary. Rarely ever will they pick someone out of the crowd and say, hey, we're sending you to this. Sometimes they do. And they make it through that. And when they make it through, they get to where... And I'll just say the green berets, they get to wear that beret. When he tells you something, when you're in the Army and you see that green beret, friends, you've got a respect from everybody else in the Army that nobody else has. You know, I want God to respect more than anybody else. I don't care if anybody sees my green beret for God, but I sure want God to see it. I want God to know that I trust Him. When it gets hard, when the times get tough, I want God to know that He can trust me. Amen. Let me hurry up and get through this introduction here. In our churches today, the masses, I'd say, and I tell what I've got written down here, never strive to accomplish much in the faith. A lot of people get saved, and they've never done hardly anything by faith from that point forward. We've got people in this church who absolutely are sitting on the bench. And they could care less what's going on around them. They're enjoying their life. Now, most of them that I'm talking about, I'm not preaching to you right now because they're not here. It's a pretty obvious point. You see, this is an individual thing. Even though we're a church body, you as an individual who makes up this church body and you as an individual are required to do what God has asked you to do and to live by faith and to grow in your faith and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to as an individual accomplish that and do that and so do I. I have to put myself aside sometimes. I've got to stop what I'm doing and I've got to create habits that will force me to take the time to put down things that maybe I want to do. Maybe I want to look at. Maybe I want to see, maybe this, maybe that but I've got to put that aside I've got to say God it's more important that I spend time with you, it's more important that I trust you, it's more important that I don't put anything ahead of you Lord, that's where I need to live nobody can do it for you now Jesus set the example for us he's already went through it he gave us the formula for how to do this, how to make it So, let me give you the title of the message. Where does faith come from? So what does all this have to do with where faith comes from that I just told you? We're going to find out. I'm going to give you something here real quick. Let me shed this jacket. It doesn't mean I'm going to preach for an hour. I'm going to do my best not to. And I need you to just listen up here. And we're going to slow down just for a minute. In Romans 10 and 17, the Bible says a verse that's very often quoted, and I realize this week it's been taken out of context a lot of the time. I'm going to explain, so bear with me. The Bible says in Romans 10 and 17, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Have you ever bothered to look and see what that whole chapter is talking about? It's talking about salvation. And he's talking about the Jews, how they rejected the plan of salvation, how they rejected Christ and their faith that they needed to believe in Jesus. They heard by the preaching of God's word, but they rejected it. So therefore their faith never was exercised. They heard everything they needed. You and I have heard everything we need to excel as Christians. Not just move along, but excel as Christians. But we don't believe it. Because I was going to preach on that verse. uh, So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's where it comes from. It applies to that and it does not take it in, in justice to do that. But in its context, it's speaking of starting with salvation. It took me a long time to figure that out. Just recently, actually. But, but faith comes exactly what it says by the word of God. We start out with the word of God being preached because it said how can they hear without a preacher? They said how can the preacher go if he's not sent? And Paul goes through that, he's talking about that and 100% it means just what it says. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God but it's in its context it is speaking of salvation. You start out getting saved by hearing the word of God and on top of that God gives you the faith you need to believe. He gives us everything we need. So we start out The very basic with the plan of salvation. John's Gospel 15 and 7. Some of you will recognize this verse. If he abide in me and my words abide in you, he will ask what you will and it will be done unto you. The reason this verse is here, and I know some of these uh, TV preachers, let me tell you, let me go ahead and stop here. I'm probably going to do a lesson pretty soon. I'm going to make some, hopefully I don't make people mad, but I'm going to call out some people that are farce and fakes and getting people's money and they're taking you for a ride. Just because something is sent to you or it's on YouTube or Facebook does not mean they're authentic. I don't care how good they sound. If they don't sound convincing, you and everybody else will not send them their money. They gotta sound convincing. But, I don't know, forgot where I was going. It's all right. But we we see so much of the time, oh, now I know. Here he said in John's Gospel 15, let me come back down here so this way I know everybody's listening. He said, If my words abide in you and ye abide in me, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Here's the catch. If God's words are abiding in you, you won't ask something that's not scriptural. Amen. You're not going to be asking for something that's not in his will. Amen. Amen. You cannot take this verse and apply it to a blanket statement, say, oh God, you said if I abide in you, you ask what I will and you'll give it to me. People will teach that. And that's not true, that's false. Amen. That's not faith. Faith is like Brother John stood up and testified. When you're facing a fear and you're facing things you don't want to face and when you know reality's coming you got to look at God and say, God, I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> That's real trust. And just because you go through something doesn't mean you trusted God either. So, the Bible, and I mentioned this this morning, the word looking, when he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'd say that makes him the authority. Amen. The word looking here occurs only here means looking away from all else, looking at that which fills the heart. Let me read that again. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let me say it like this. These pews had someone to finish them. They were made by in a factory. Somewhere, somehow, someone put their hands on these and they finished them. They authored it. They said they made a pattern. They said, here's how we're going to cut this side, this end. Here's how we're going to make this carpet lay. We're going to put so much foam here. We're going to put so much foam there. We're going to put a leg here. And they authored the design of this. And then that same individuals or someone with them finished the product. Jesus said, I'm going to author a book. I'm going to give you everything you need and I'm going to finish it and I'm going to be an example of everything you need and everything that you ever want, I'm going to show you how to go about getting it. And he authored and finished our faith. So, if he is that person, when it says looking, looking away from all else, looking at that which fills the heart, what fills your heart this evening? Yes. Does fear? Does anxiety? Does does a, a hope in something that's that's. It's not realistic. Is it a hope in something that you say? Well, I hope it's God's will. Is it a hope in something that maybe might bring you joy? Is it something? Hey, let me tell you something. The only thing that's going to bring you real joy is to fill your heart with Jesus Christ and nothing else. Huh. So, number one, <laughs> faith tells us that life began with Jesus. Yes, Hebrews eleven and three. On my Bible, it's. Just a page over. You don't even have to flip a page. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So, who is the Word of God? Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God. So, the very one who wrote, the, who wrote to give us the Bibles who the worlds were framed by. Genesis 1 and 3 tells us, it said, Now the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, upon the face of the deep. So we see the God here present. Faith began with Jesus. Now, let me read this real quickly. We're familiar with it. And then I'm going to get into the message here just momentarily. John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life the, was the light of men. That's John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. We see that Jesus was with God. Jesus was the Word, and life was in Him, and everything that's made, it was made by Him and for Him, and everything that has life came from Him. So the originator of faith... Where does faith come from? It comes from Jesus and it comes from the very Word of God that you and I hold in our hands that a man of God, only a natural born man of God, stands up and preaches by the power of God, by the authority and the anointing of God. He's the one that comes through and God will oftentimes speak to you as an individual through your personal Bible reading if you'll just open it up and let him give him a chance. He'll bless you. Too much of the time. We've got other things to look at or see or do. So faith tells us that life began with Jesus. Number two, faith tells us that life was perfected by Jesus. A little bit of page from this morning, huh? He lived and lives a perfect, sinless life. Not only did he live a perfect, sinless life on earth, he still does now. He's just as perfect now as He was when He first appeared. He's just as perfect now as He was a billion years ago. And the kids, let me go and tell you this earth is not billions of years old. Tell your teachers to blow it out their ear. It's 6,000 years old. (laughs) How did Jesus perfect life? By the Word of God. He, when he was tempted by Satan, we hear this all the time, Jesus took the word of God and defeated him. Here's the catch, and I'm going to repeat this throughout this message. Where does faith come from? It comes from the word of God. It comes from hearing the word of God. So the faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The problem is James also said that he that is a doer of the word, how's it go? That's right. If all you do is hear the word, And do not put it in practice. It does you no good. Probably my two favorite meals, arguably, is fresh fried deer meat with good sweet onions fried on them, fried taters with good sweet onions fried in them. And I'm happy with that right there. If somebody knows how to make biscuits and gravy, not many people can make gravy to suit me. I like mine. Biscuits, taters, cooked the right way for breakfast. Nice made gravy, bacon, sausage. Man, that's preaching right there, ain't it? I'm telling you. <laughs> Woo, I'm getting hungry. I and along these things, I'm telling you, you can't beat that right there for me. It doesn't get much better. Now, you all can have whatever favorite meal you buy but that's my probably two favorite meals I told Drew somebody said I'd like to see an Arby's open up inside saw it I said I'd like to see a but it'd be awful of hard of my pocketbook in my belly this way but you could take I could get what's considered the finest breakfast maker and deer meat maker in the world and they could fix me the awfulest plan that it ever was and set it down in front of me but until I take part in that plan it does me no good Until you and I apply what is written in this Bible that Jesus gave His life for you and I. He perfected faith by the life He lived. He showed us how to live by it. But until you and I put it to practice, it does us no good. You can memorize the whole Bible. But until you put it in gear in your life, it does you no good. So where does faith come from? It came from Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It comes from this word, but until you practice it, that's where faith begins. It comes from Jesus. It comes from this word of God. But until you practice it, it will not help you. The book that I'm currently reading that I told you about, we may go through it. He, he absolutely stresses different places already in that book. Unless you practice these things, it will not help you. Unless you practice what the Bible says, it will not help you. So then, by faith, I must live what this book says, not just believe it. Believing it, it's not enough. The devil's also believing fear and tremble. Amen. Number three, faith tells that his life was given on the cross. Faith tells us that life began with Jesus. Faith tells us that life was perfected by Jesus. Faith tells us that Jesus has given his life on the cross. Amen. A cruel, sin-filled cross that was our benefit. Yes, sir. Now, we know that history tells us we have proof that there was a man named Jesus outside the Bible who died on a cross. Amen. Who lived a life. But we have by our Bible, and I believe by faith, everything this book says from beginning to end, every word of it, there's nothing out of place. There's no contradictions. You've heard me tell this. Mike Blake was in a prison one time, and a young, arrogant man came up to him and said, Preacher, there's fallacies in that Bible. He said, show them to me. He said, Preacher, there's fallacies in that Bible. It's false. He said, show them to me. Mike handed his Bible four times. All the man would say is there's, there's fallacies. Finally, he turned around and walked off. Mike, give him the chance to show them to him. He couldn't do it. He had heard that. You see, what you hear matters, folks. So let me ask you, are you putting things in your mind that matters that when it comes to the Word of God, are you putting things in your mind that contradicts what the Bible says, what you listen to, the music, the movies, the books you read, the videos you watch, the people you hang around, is it contradicting the Bible or is it going wrong with the Bible? What you hear matters it's not enough just to believe you see i've got faith faith tells me that there was a man named jesus who loved me enough to spread out his arms and allow them to nail his hands to a tree to a cross and they took his feet and bent them at a certain angle his legs and bent them at a certain angle and nailed through his ankles to to, to his feet it's either believed that he was crossed like this or put side by side they did it both ways and he was nailed to that tree to that cross and they would pitch their legs they would angle them at a certain way to where they bent so that it made it that much more excruciating and painful so they couldn't lock their legs out for very long they had to let down and exhale and move up and down that tree in order to breathe and they've done that to make it more painful Jesus did that for you and I do you not think you can trust him Satan wants to tell you that you're crazy to believe this stuff he says it won't work it does no good the reason he does that is because he knows it does do good faith tells us that salvation is a much better fulfilling life and after we're saved after I'm saved I've come to find this is true brother I didn't know what life was till I got saved Here's the message. <laughs> you thought you've been preaching for thirty minutes, preacher. Well, I know, but So number three, faith tells us that his life was given on a cross, or Jesus' life was given on a cross. Number four, faith tells us Christian. You see, where does faith come from? It take me forever to really. If I've given you enough I already something to hang on to. Faith tells me that life is lived as a growing Christian. Now, I'm going to use two very cute little babies. Ray and Remy was in here having a time a few minutes ago. They were enjoying the service. Their mommy and daddy was not enjoying the service at all. while they were. I sat behind poor little Brandy and Cody and they fought. They sweated. They pulled. And them two little babies were just having a time. We've watched them two little kids grow up in the last couple of years. Miracle. And if you remember, they started out bringing them in men in their car seats, carrying them in. They'd get them out and they were just little old things. And everybody in the church was fighting over who was going to hold them. Y'all may not remember that, but I sure do. Everybody wants a piece of the new baby. And we've watched those two little babies. Then they bought that station wagon of a cart that they brought in here. And they kept them in that cart for a while. And, and it held them for a while. But now they got to they can climb out of it. We're watching these kids grow. How heartbreaking would it be for them to reel these two kids in here, two little girls, and they'd be skin and bones, starving to death, not been taken care of, diaper been on for a week, snot dried all over their face, raw from not being cleaned and taken care of. How would you all feel? Be bad, wouldn't it? Because they wouldn't be growing like they're supposed to be. I wonder how God feels about us sometimes. You know, it would be something if 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 Brand, Brandy and Cody feed them, but they do. Could you imagine them giving them, those children, everything they could think of food-wise, nutrition-wise to help them? No matter what they give them, they rejected it. Said, I don't want that. Imagine if they let them have a hold of a gummy worm one time and the only thing they wanted to eat from that point forward was gummy worms. They wouldn't eat anything else. Wouldn't take long You'd see some malnutrition. God has given us a balanced diet to grow thereby. We don't want to live our Christian life based on what God says. We want to live it based on what we say. Our flesh, because we won't crucify our flesh. We won't give up this world. Some of our church people that come to church here is more concerned about fitting in with the world, more desirable to say, I want to look cool, and I want to live my life based on my terms rather than what God's Word says. Folks, you can, hey, it ain't me that you're offending, it's God. You better put some God in your life. Dale and I was talking a couple of days ago about how people don't fear God anymore. He said, Dad said, and, I'm, and Brother Mike, I'm going to use him for a second here just in a second too. He said, Dad said, even when he was a drunk, and he said he would, they'd walk by a church, they would watch their language and their volume when they walked by a church. I've heard Brother Mike say he would sneak up to the church and try to Listen. Even though he was being raised rough, even though he knew what he was doing may not have been right, he still respected the church. People used to respect God and the church because we've been taught there is no God. Now there's nothing to respect. So let me get back to the message here real quickly and I'm going to wrap this thing up. A lot of saved people have no proof that they're living by faith as a Christian at all. None. They Their faith never grows because they don't believe God's way is better. They're listening to a liar named Satan. It's their flesh. We've got people in this church who some of them, uh, some of you even now, and some of others have started out good. I've watched some of you grow. I've seen some of you get interest. I've seen some of you be on fire for God. And there's a couple, uh, some people when COVID hit, they absolutely got burned alive by the life of Satan and they're still getting burned. I said and I put these two recent graduates up here on the front row if you remember one of the first things I told them I said I've been here for six years and I've preached to graduates almost every year I think but maybe one or every year maybe only one year I want everybody to look around who's here real quick I want you to look around I'm telling you to I'm inviting you to look around do you see any of those graduates here right now Right there's one. Another one took the babies in the back. Right there's two. One of the first things I told them, I said, the other kids I've preached to have not heeded what they were told. Some of them's out in the world right now because they think the world's got a better thing to offer than what God does. A lot of people's not in the house of God on Sunday nights because they think they got the world's got something better to offer than what God does, what this church does. Let me ask you, where does faith come from? It comes from saying what God's got for me is way better than anything this world can give me. It says I'm, going to, if I'm, I'm willing to give up some of what I might gain from this world to gain more with Jesus. I'm willing to give up some of my time that I think is more important. I might offend somebody, so be it. I'm here. I don't. Hey, look. When it comes to me and my house, come six o'clock. If you want to come visit us on Sunday afternoon, come on. You're more than welcome. But I'm gonna go and tell. You, come about five o'clock. We're getting ready or four thirty. Should be earlier. Uh, we started getting ready, and at five o'clock, we're leaving to head to church to pray. You can lock the doors when you leave, but we're leaving. That's right, right. That's right. I would, preacher. We drove eight hours. God bless you and thank you for it. You come to church with us. You got your clothes. Let's go. People find any excuse at all to stay. I realize there's places people go and things they do. I'm not against that. I go to places and do things. I'm talking about your everyday Sunday in, Sunday out life. Is there faith at all? Is there any evidence at all, any proof at all that you are growing in your faith in Jesus Christ? Where does faith come from? It comes from believing and then applying and practicing the word of God. Not just believing it. Lastly, and I'm done, and everybody said amen, preacher. Faith tells us my life will stand before Jesus. Let me read these again. I know this isn't an alliterated outline like I usually give, but it's just what God's on my heart. So they don't always have to be all pretty and polished. Faith tells us that life began with Jesus. Faith tells us that life was perfected by Jesus. Faith tells us that his life was given on the cross. Faith tells us that life was lived as a growing Christian. You know, Jesus even said, let me read something to you. I'll, I'll just tell you about it. In Philippians, it says that Jesus even had to learn some things. Paul said, I have learned, whatsoever state I am therewith, to be content. How many of you have really grown in your Christian faith? Where does faith come from? It comes from simply believing and then acting on the Word of God. That's where it comes from. Jesus gave every definition about faith. It all ends with and starts with Him. It's, he is the author and finisher of our faith. He knows about it. He understands how it works. He'll teach you something about it if you will let Him. <laughs> faith tells us that my life will stand before Jesus. I know without a doubt As my Bible tells me, when we leave here one day, when the rapture takes place, we're going to go to the Bema seat. That means reward. The judgment seat of Christ. And you and I, as individuals, stand before Him and give an account for how we lived our life as a Christian. You will not answer for sins. You're not there for sins. If you're answering for sins, you're at the great white throne of judgment. Jesus is the one who went before you. He proved it's possible. He wrote the book and he cheered us on to do our best. Are you listening to him or even remotely growing in his word? You're standing, you're going to stand before the one who's going to look at you and say, I handed you the formula to succeed. I handed you the formula. I lived it. I gave you the example by my life. I had it written down. I laid it in your lap. I gave you everything you needed to succeed and you did nothing with it. I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of Christians that's going to hear that. Some of them go to this church. Sometimes. I wonder how embarrassing it's going to be to stand there in front of him and say, Lord, I just didn't trust you. I just didn't trust you. What else are we going to say? You know, Believe it or not, I do like you. Yeah, I know. I'm hard up for friends. We be my friend. I like to mess with you and Earl. You have to forgive me. I'll mess with you in a minute. Don't feel left out. I trust you. I look up to you. I think I do everybody else. Don't nobody get jealous. I lean on you. I depend on you. But in all of that, no matter how much I want to do exactly, there could come a time in my life that I'll deceive you sure. out of different reasons, and you could do me the same way for different reasons. Because we're human, you're not going to deceive Jesus. That's right. You're not going to trick him. No. You're not going. To, you're not going to blow smoke. You're not, going, you're not going to pull over his eyes. He's going to be, he's going to, he knows everything about you. Your, our, our excuses, he's going to laugh in your face. But your excuse is my excuse. He don't want to hear them. How are you going to look at somebody that's got the nail scars in their hands, in her feet, in her side, and start giving him excuses? when he went 40 days and 40 nights, never had a meal, never ate, and at his lowest point was tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. How did he overcome the temptation? It It is written. written. So here it is. This is the whole message in the end right here. You and I, Must you must put aside what you feel and go by that right there or it will not work. That's faith in the word of God. We must believe beyond our feelings. You must daily apply the Bible into your daily living. It's not enough just to say, yeah, I agree with it. Let me say this and I'm, I'm going to be done. I plan on preaching this this morning and I was hoping the house was full because some of who I feel needs to hear this possibly would have been here this morning. But, but I felt like God led the other way. There are some people that I know who are not very good examples of faith-filled Christians at all. Some of them I want to look at and say, are you real sure you're saved? Because God won't let me buy with that. I don't want to be seen with that can of beer in my hands. Amen. I don't want to be heard with that coming out of my mouth. Right. I don't want to be seen with that crowd. I don't want to be associated with this or with that. The way some people that go to church are. I do believe, and I've I've said this recently to a few different people. I know it's not going to be this way, but just humor me, and I'm 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 I'm. I'm landing gears down we're we're pulling back and we're we're getting ready to touch down I wonder when we get to heaven if we'll look around and see someone you're here You, you made it wow I didn't expect to see you here and I think there's going to be some of them who are going to look around and say where's such and such have you seen them man I went to church with them for 20 years where are they at they got to be here somewhere. They always told me they were saved. They got to be here. I heard them get up in church and testify. They're here somewhere. They're not going to be there. That's right. They never believed, and our churches are full of them. And you better believe it. And don't you doubt for one second that I believe in my heart. There's people that come to this church most Sundays. But I don't think they're a bit more saved than my dog got back home in the pen. I have a hard time believing it because I'm going to tell you why. There's no evidence of any faith exercised in their life. None. It's not there. I hope they hear this or somebody in this church tells them this. Some people in this church I believe firmly are not going to heaven. I pre- When I first came here, for those of you that remember, you might. I preached the first eight months almost exclusively on lost church members. Some of you may remember that. I preached on it a lot because at that time, I know there was people going here that was not saved. Well, as much as I can. I don't know that. Only that's God's business. But I don't think they were. Let me ask you something, and I'm done. Can somebody look at you and say, what's it like to live by faith? Can somebody look at you and say, what's it like to trust God? How do I trust God? What's it like? How do I do this when everything is wrong and my life is turned inside out? How do I trust God? Why did God get me here? Why did God let this happen? If God's so loving, why did He put me in this position? Why is this going wrong? Why does this happen? If God's so real, how do I trust Him when everything is wrong? Well, I'll tell you a place to start. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. You see, Abel trusted Him and it got him killed. Moses trusted him, and it cost him riches untold. I've wondered, let me pause there just for a second. If Moses wouldn't have trusted God and done what he did, how long would the Egyptian dynasty lasted? Because it drowned chasing him in the Red Sea. Moses may have been the next Pharaoh and died an old man as Pharaoh that's something to think about folks I wonder when you look through the roll call the hall of faith in Hebrews 11 when it said people who suffered was beaten, tormented, starved and then down next to the end of the chapter it says for whom the world was not worthy you know what I've told people say I don't understand why you're going through what you're going through I'm not God I don't know but I know this I've got a God that sits on the throne right now with all power that can do anything he wants. And He's got your best interest in mind. You may not feel like it sometimes. You may not think so sometimes. But a God who sent His Son to die on a cross and save you is not going to let you fail. He's not going to fail you now. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to put you out the pasture and say survive. And cut you off. He's got you in it, in His hand. He's got you in His eye. And He's got you in His heart. And He's got you where He wants you. you just got to trust Him. He will get you through. And one day... One day soon, I'm going to go home to be with Jesus and I'll never see another tear shed. I'll never hear another baby cry. I'll never see another uh, elderly person mistreated because their kids kicked them out and let them survive on their own. I'll never see nobody else suffer ever again. I'll never hear another bad word. Thank God I've got a hope beyond be on this world. Amen. And faith that I got from God showed me that. And nowhere else, Father, we thank you again for this time together. And God, I don't know if I even come close to getting out of what's in my heart right now. What I have felt, what you have shown me through this, God, I don't even sure really know how to describe it. But God, the best of my ability, God, I tried to give what you put in my heart. Lord, I know I didn't preach necessarily an expository message; it was more of a subject message based on this verse. Lord, I preached the best I could of what you give me. Lord, we need some Christians who are exercising faith in their life and not ashamed and not afraid to consider or have a little ridicule every now and then because they're a Christian. We need you, Lord. We need you in a bad way. And I pray this church, God, we get on fire for you. God, we want more life in this church than we've ever had. And we're only going to get it from you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. As we stand, we get a song. If there's something tonight in your life that you want to come and talk to Jesus about, if there's something that God has spoken to you about, I invite you to come to this altar and give it to Jesus. He'll talk to you.